find them directly in the hills because I can kind of hide away for a while and kind of get away from all the, the troubles of life and so forth, sort of like a vacation and so forth. And he says, no, that's not where my help comes from. And then he finally comes to the conclusion, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the one that spoke and everything came to this, the one that can give us power to be able to go through these things that we're facing in life. And this morning is, I want to look at that. And so the question is, do you need power? I believe all of us say in the affirmative, yes, we need power, Jim. We need power here because life is hard. Life is full of changes and challenges. Life is, is full of uncertainty. You know, every day there are decisions to be made. There, 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 there traveling that we need to do. There, there are things that we need to, to move into at this particular time of life. And life is demanding every day. And we need strength to persevere. I think we could all agree with that. We need to be strengthened. One of the prayers I pray on a daily basis is, Lord, strengthen my inner man with all power, that I'll know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ that passes all knowledge, and that I would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And by the way, when I pray that, I intercede for my family, I intercede for this church, and I intercede for the body of Christ, that they would be strengthened with all power, because we need to be strong and to know Jesus intimately. Because as we see here today, we are in major warfare. There's warfare. And the old enemy of our souls is taking people out on a regular basis and deceiving them, saying, look over here. Just like Satan, when he deceived Eve that we talked about last week, he said, look, this looks good to you, doesn't it? You know, and remember, Eve was deceived. And the devil puts things in front of us and says, you know, really, what you need to do is sort of obtain this, and then you'll have real joy and happiness and peace. And it's a lie, because Jesus is the only one that can give us that. And so we need to focus upon him. We need to commit our lives to him, and we need to continue to rededicate, continue to come back and say, Lord, we need you. We need you desperately. We need the strength, power of God. We need encouragement every day. We need patience and courage and self-control here. And so I know everybody here today, everyone listening, needs power. I'll tell you, real simple, what that means, how we can get that power. And so what I hope to do this morning, some of first of all, is intend to show you that God can and he will supply you with the power that you need. He can. And that's good news. So the God of all creation who spoke and everything into existence, all-powerful God, he's all-powerful. He's omnipotent is his characteristic there, who he is, meaning he is all-powerful. We need that. He can, and he will, obviously, supply us with that power. But I want to tell you today, many people are just kind of hanging on by their, by their fingernails. Many people are just barely making it today. Many people are just what could be called, I'm just surviving, Jim. I'm just making, I'm just treading water today. And what our God is saying to you and me today, and I pray that he'll speak this to your heart today, is that he wants us not just to survive, but he wants us to thrive. You see, the Christian life is a life of victory, not defeat. The Christian life is a, a life of courage and, and perseverance and, and, and getting out and getting it done, not a life of sort of withdrawing and so forth. And that's why I'm saying that, that as this uh, COVID-19 continues on, that we need to be careful. We need to obviously take every precaution uh, that the medical community is telling us, but at the same time, when there's a break and when we can come back into the church house, we need to assemble ourselves together because we encourage one another as we come together and we encourage and lift up each other's faith 
to say, I can go through this next week. I look forward to church every weekend. I know that. And they'll say, but Jim, you're the pastor. You should. <laughs> this is what you do, right? But even if I wasn't, I'd want to be, if I could, right there in the midst of it. need to be careful. We also need to pray. God will break through in this situation. People will get back in be able to hear the word of God. I'm glad you're listening today on live stream, by the way, but certainly you need to pray that you would continue on and that this this virus would be completely eradicated from our society, not just to survive, but to thrive here. And certainly we need to obviously consistently experience his joy and his peace and certainly his contentment, not just part of his time here. He wants to bless us, you believe it, beyond measure. He wants to bless you. He wants, and in spite of what we're going through, and in spite of adversity that we're going through, he wants to bless you and me. And he tells us that he wants to give us an abundant life. Listen to John chapter 10, verse 10. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundant. That's the word of God, not my word. That's what God says to you and to me. And I want to tell you today, I would just claim that in Jesus' name. I want the abundant life, Lord. I want to walk with you in the abundance. I don't want to just sort of tread water, maybe going down for the last time. I want to thrive through this these crises. And it doesn't make any difference the circumstances. It doesn't make any difference what the enemy throws our way. We are to thrive. We are to be, have the abundant life here. If you've been disappointed with, by this life, you're wondering if God even cares what happens to you. No matter what, he loves you. No matter what happens in your life, and just getting by isn't God's plan for your life. And so he's got a lot in store for you and me. He's got a lot in store for the church. I'm looking forward to this next week. I'm looking forward to what God is going to do in this nation today. I don't look at it. Certainly there are things that are happening today that I, I'm going to pray against and, and God would bless our leaders and give them wisdom and direct their paths. Certainly today. But I'm not looking at this other. You see, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. We need to do that. So let me look at a couple key passages here from the Old Testament that are very encouraging. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. You're committed. Y'all come up. You got up this morning. You're coming in here fully committed. He said that he is fully committed to strengthening us as our eyes are upon him. And then in Isaiah 40, a familiar passage, one of my favorite, is he gives strength to the weary, and increases the power of the weak. And those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall soar on wings like eagles. They'll not run and grow, not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He continues to say it over and over and over again. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you. I will help you in your time of trouble. I will help you through this coronavirus. I'll help you through this uncertainty in what's happening in our culture today. And as we see things changing, I will help you. The church should be the light to the world. You and I today should be the example here today and walking in peace and joy and contentment, these types of things. And God says that I will help you will help you no matter what you're going through. If you're going through a sickness, if you're going through some type of a, that you feel like that you're in bondage and you can't break out of it, God said, I will help you. I will strengthen you if you call out to me. Very important to understand 
not only will he renew us, but he'll make us strong as well. Not just externally. We need strength. I don't know about you. The older I get, my step is not quite as high as it used to be. No, I don't get off the internet. Maybe your step is high. Mine is a lot lower. I drag my feet a lot now, right? Okay. But it's not just physical strength that he'll give you, but internal strength. He'll give you strength in your inner man to be able to stay focused upon him because through his spirit, he's always with us. His power is available to us 24 days, hours a day, seven days a week. His power is available to us today. We reach out and we ask for his power in our lives. Listen to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within him. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Now to him, listen to him. He's able to do immeasurably more than all we think or ask according to his power. Now that's good news, church. Immeasurably. Don't you know that word to God means he can do anything. That all things are possible with God. We know that he's good. He's good all the time. And he wants to bless you and me. And he means immeasurably, okay? Not just kind of like trickle-down things that he would give us, but an abundance, right? Abundant life in him today. He wants us to live like that. Help us to remember that, Lord, and help us to walk in that. Listen to Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Philippians 4, 13. I can do everything. God calls you to do something, you can do it. I stand up before you every Sunday. I stand and teach and, and so forth. Do you know one of the things? I trust the Lord because it's not Jim Barclay. It is the Lord that's got to do it today. It's not what I say. It's what he says. But I want to tell you today, he's the same with you. The Holy Spirit lives within you. We learned we were studying it this morning in Sunday school. He's in you and he calls you to do something. If you'll step out and do it, you watch his power being released in your life in that situation that you're stepping out into. Every time he's faithful today, whatever it may be, no matter what you're going through in life, God is that way. But the problem, do we believe it? Do we believe that? If so, are you experiencing it? Are you experiencing God's power as being sufficient, sufficient for faith, sufficient for obedience, sufficient for joy and hope, for service and ministry? Are you experiencing that? Are you looking for alternatives to kind of help you get through it? Self-help books won't help you. You need to get into the Word. Self-help and doing those types of things won't help you. You need to seek the Lord while He may be found. He's asking and His arms are open wide. But the question is, do we believe it? Do we believe today? Just a question. I'll stop right here. That God wants to give us abundant life. Now, to God's, when He says that Word, He uses that Word, that Word has got to go far bigger than what we can, even our minds can understand immeasurably more than all we think or ask. This is what God said, and he intends to do. We've got to believe it because it's a walk of faith, amen? It's a walk of believing God. So some of the alternatives are anger. Some people get angry, and they feel like they're going to hold that over a person's head. And sometimes they think that gives them energy, but really it zaps their energy, doesn't it? When you're angry at somebody, you haven't somehow gotten things right, and a lot of people today are angry. A lot of people would not say they're really angry, angry or outwardly angry, but they are angry down deep in their heart. Something's not resolved, and it zaps their strength. And so they believe it gives them strength, but you see, that's deceptive. 
because anger takes and zaps your strength. So, you know, it shouldn't be. Certainly in Christian lives, but certainly it shouldn't be in society, but certainly here as a Christian, it isn't loving. And you know what anger is? It's all about me. It's because you've hurt my feelings. Or one way or another, I haven't gotten my way that I want to, and I'm kind of like a child, and I throw a temper tantrum. Anger will take you down. God says, don't let the sun go down, what? On your anger. It's sin. It's sin. And it takes and, and just zaps you. So there are alternatives to seeking the Lord and to seeking the power and the presence of the Lord in our lives. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20 says, and Paul's writing, I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be quarreling and jealousy, outburst of anger, factions, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. And also, obviously, another scripture says the acts of a sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And I warned you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. A lot of people believe they can do whatever they want today. And you know, hey, that's it. I'm having a good time. Eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow we die. And that's what's happening a lot of times today. And nothing about having a good time. Certainly nothing against that. But it needs to be done in a way that certainly is there. When you're a Christian, you can have the most fun you could ever have. That old fun I used to have when I was doing the worldly thing. It's just, I mean, it's just like I look back and I'm going, gosh, that didn't have a, a real good taste at all. But when I tasted and saw that the Lord was good, that's when it changed my life. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander among with, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. God forgive. Maybe forgiveness would hold you back, certainly it will, from being all that God will want you to be. If something is there and you've got something against somebody, you know, people call it a grudge. You've got a grudge against somebody, you need to get it right. Go to the Lord with it. He will direct you. He'll tell you what to do with it. But some, just to talk about the anger, is, is a fear, it doesn't give us strength and power here. It actually, again, it gives us just the opposite. Anger doesn't make us strong. It zaps your energy. I want to tell you something else that can zap your energy, and that is regret. I started to talk about regret today. A lot of us, and when we, you know, obviously we all have a life there when we came to Christ, and really we we're got saved. We have regrets. We look back over our life, and we look and say, would I do the same things again? Would I do it the same way as I did it back then? Maybe not. But we have regrets. But what happens with regrets is is that we get hung up there. We did things and we know we sinned against God and so forth, and we have regrets. We've confessed our sins and repented of it, but then again, we hold on to that regret and it brings us down. It zaps our energy because God says, I don't want you to have regrets. I want you to know it is under the blood. It's forgiven. I want you to forget about it and move on because it's forgiven today. Do whatever you need to do to make reconciliation, certainly. But don't walk in regrets. It will bring you down. You'll never live the joy of a Christian life if you always hang on to, 
to regret. You have to forget those things, certainly. You know they're there, but you can't continue to focus on those things. You need to focus on the power of God. Focus upon your relationship with Jesus and what he's done since that time. We all have a past life, right? You know, we didn't come into this world perfect, okay? We came in with a sinful nature. We came, uh, you know, when you said, (laughs) you tell your child, you know, don't do that, and what do they do? They do it. And so they have to learn. They have to grow. Jesus changes our hearts. And, and we know that, obviously, after that happens, we're changed and so forth. But we still are not perfect. We, we know we struggle. There are challenges that we have with our Christian life today. But God says, that's why I want you to confess it, to keep that relationship with me open today. Because some things we know can drag us down. And that is regret, certainly. And I believe, as I've talked about over the last few weeks, about the phileo encounter of the love of the Father. We need a phileo encounter. We need an intimate touch from our Father, don't we? Once we have that, that touch from the Father down deep, and we say, you know, he, he's saying that, that we are his, and we are, are his, and we are his, and we are ours, and he's ours, and so forth. You know, it changes us. It makes us, it just changes our whole perspective on things. We need to know that our Father, our Father, which that song we sang about, loves us. He loves us with an everlasting love. He doesn't see that. Psalm 103, he says, as far as the east is from the west, he forgets those sins or as far as the east and west. He never brings them up against us again. Because why? Jesus Christ came and paid the price. He took my sins and your sins and the world's sins upon his shoulders and all who will believe in him can have that abundant life that Jesus promises each and every believer. But we can't have it if we have regrets. I could list a lot of other sources, you know, today. Violence, drug abuse, drunkenness, and pornography. Others neutral in themselves, but they can become harmful in the way we rely upon them from strength from God. My question is, Where do you look for your strength today? Where do you go? Do you pray? Do you read your word? Get into the word? Do you get along with the Lord? If you're weak, then get along with the Lord. Get along and ask him for his strength. He's there and he'll give you strength if you ask him. He gives me strength. He gives me strength. Sometimes I'll I'll talk real openly and obviously, hopefully transparently. And, you know, each person goes through sort of the ups and downs of life. And I seem to be up and down more than anybody else, okay? And sometimes when I'm down, and sometimes it seems like the enemy maybe is striking against me, really coming down hard on me and so forth. You know, I feel like, my goodness, this is going to be tough to continue on like this. Come, Lord Jesus, come. I'm ready to go home. And I'll go to the Lord, and then I'll, I'll where the source of my strength, and I'll begin to just seek him and begin to ask him, Lord, come and give me your strength. Give me your power. I need your power, Lord and begin to maybe pray some of these scriptures that that are talking about the power of God. And you know what he does every time? Every time he lifts me up out of that pit and sets my feet upon a rock. He delivers me every time. I don't know if y'all can testify to that or not, but I want to tell you, he does me. But I know as an example to you today, he'll do it if you'll seek him. We need his power, emotional strain around us, the things we see. There's a war going on around us for the souls of this nation, for individuals, for our families, for this community and beyond. People today don't know who Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. He's the one. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through him. They have no idea who God is. 
You and I have opportunities today that we've never... I want to tell you, we live in exciting times. Amen? We're living in exciting times today. No matter what COVID or no matter what destruction or what's going on, we're living in exciting times today. And so I want to tell you, first of all, uh, there are four examples here of how we can trust in God's strength and power. Listen to this. It's by God's power that we are kept in the faith. You think that you keep yourself in the faith? How you doing? I don't do that real well. Isn't it good? You accept Jesus, you're in the faith. You're there, and he will keep, keep you. Listen to this. In uh, my sheep, listen to my voice. This is Jesus. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of the, my Father's hand. We talked in Sunday school this morning about there have been uh, particular churches in the past that said you can lose your salvation, that maybe you lose it and then you gain it back and you lose it back and forth. You don't know whether or not when you get ready to take your last breath, you better get right. If you're not able to, then you may not make it. But you see, I don't believe that. When you're saved, you are saved. And you, when, when Jesus puts you in the Father's hand, you are saved and you are saved for eternity. Amen. That's good news. Because, see, if you don't know that, it will be a struggle. It will zap all the strength from your, your spiritual life and physically and emotionally today. We need to just rest in the love of Jesus Christ and know that we are saved throughout eternity, knowing that, that we belong to Christ, that he's holding on to us, and the Father is holding on to, uh, to us. We cannot be lost here. And uh, we see here power Obviously, the power of God keeps us from falling away. You think he can fall away? Yeah. You may try to see if the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, but God has a way of getting you back, you know? Maybe all of us have seen kind of stepped across and said, that grass looks greener on the other side of the fence, and we find out that that grass is just nauseating, don't we? When we look back, it was nauseating to me. I said, look good over there, the pleasures of this world. And it looked good, and you go over, you step over, and you realize, boy, that's bad stuff. Let me come back. It takes a while, you know. But you see today, when we're in his hands, when we obviously are children of God, he has a way of disciplining us, a way with grace, certainly, but he brings us back in. Amen? That's good news. It will give you strength here. God holds us. The second thing here is it's by God's power that we grow spiritually. I want to ask you today, you feel like you're growing spiritually? Everybody here to feel like that? You feel like it? I don't know whether or not I am or not. I, I don't know. I, I don't have some type of gauge here that you know swings back and forth, that I am growing, I'm not growing. I don't know, and so forth. But are you getting, are you wanting to draw closer to the Lord? Are you wanting to pray? Wanting to talk to the Lord? You're wanting to kind of get into the Word of God? You want to come to church? Come to church? You want to listen to what the Lord has said? You want your life to count for God? All these types of things? Well, let me tell you, you're growing in the Lord. You're growing in the Lord. Now, let me tell you, why do I say that? Because it's not up to us, obviously. It's yes and no. Yes, it is, but it isn't. It is by God that he grows us up in Jesus. And by faith, we walk with him. Yes, we are obedient to the Lord, not for, obviously, our salvation. We're obedient because we are saved. And we want to seek him. But we're growing in the Lord. The devil will come along and say, look at you. You're still committing the same old sin that you did back 10 years ago. Look at you. 
you're still working with that, that anger down in your heart. or Whatever it may be, the enemy will taunt you with this and that and so forth. Look at you. You're a terrible Christian. You'll never make it. You won't be successful. You'll never make it. He tells you this constantly. He's accuser of the brethren. He confuses us. But let me tell you today, when we walk with the Lord and say, no, I am not. I'm a child of God. And I'm walking with you, Lord. I don't know. I don't understand the growth process and all that. Why? It's because it's up to God. It really in that. We surrender our lives to Him every day, right? We do. We give our hearts to Him. We seek Him with all our hearts as we've been talking about. But how that works as far as our growth is actually up to God. He does that and He's so faithful to do that. That is the wonderful thing about it because sometimes we feel like we're not making any progress at all. Listen to this in Philippians 1.6. I am sure that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus comes back again. Paul says, I am confident that he who began a good work within you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. I'm confident of that. The Apostle Paul, the greatest apostle that ever wrote, you know, a lot, most of the uh, New Testament, the one who was called by the Lord, gave us the word of God, penned it under, under the inspiration of God's spirit. It's God is saying today, you're growing. The third thing here is when we look at it, when power and strength, it's by God's power that we receive encouragement and joy and hope. In first, second Thessalonians chapter two, may our God, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. And then Romans 15, may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. You have God himself, the third person. He is God. And he, as we are studying too, and we know that he is a person. He's not an it. And he's not some type of of, uh, just a force out there. He is a person. And he wants a personal relationship with each one of us. We have his power. That's the same power. Jesus depended upon the Holy Spirit when he walked on this earth. He was talking, communing with the Holy Spirit. He had to get along to be with the Father there. And he walked out there and he healed under the power of the Holy Spirit. And he obviously called and taught his disciples what to do. What did he tell them to do? To preach the gospel, to lay hands upon the sick, and to cast out devils. Right? He told them. These the same commission for you and me today is to preach the gospel. You are all preachers, whether you know it or not. You're all preachers. And you're to pray for the sick and you cast out demons. People today, they're demonized and we need to know we have the power over that. We need to walk in that, learn and grow in, in our relationship with the Lord. And certainly, it's encouraging to know that he's our encourager because God does it perfectly. He does it perfectly. Why do we look in all the wrong places many times? Or else try to find the solution, obviously, through Dr. Google. Instead of going to our Father, He's our healer, Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. We Google it. We'll pull out everything in the world. And then finally, when we're so desperate, we'll obviously we go, oh gosh, why didn't I ask you in the first place? I've told this story many times, and this is the other, and has happened in different ways uh, in the past before. I, had a, uh, I, had a, I was going to talk before a large group of people one time, and, and I had a book that I wanted to use, some of, the, some of the particular quotations from it. 
and uh, the, the, the meeting, it was in hospice, and uh, the, the gathering was getting ready to, uh, was getting close to taking place, and I had looked everywhere for that book. I had looked and looked, and I had looked all over the house, and I said, I must have thrown it out, and so forth. And finally, I remember sitting down in my chair, and I went, why don't I ask God where that book is? And I said, Lord, forgive me. I didn't come to you to begin with, but where is that book at? I looked at the bookcase, and I've read hundreds of books over my time in ministry, and my bookcase was full of books. I went, and I went right straight to it, and that book, which was a small book, was covered up by two other books, and I pulled those books back and pulled that book out. It was right where God showed it, okay? Why do we look at for up all this stuff, for our strength and power and being able to go through these things? Ask God. Ask Him. He's willing and he's able, you know, God's power that we receive encouragement, joy, and hope. You go, well, a friend of mine's struggling. What do I do? How do I do that? I don't know what to say. You know, I don't know what to do and so forth. Let me tell you how I, how I do it. And this is me. In ministry, about 30 years. In hospice, I would walk up and knock on the door. And I've, you, I've said this before. I had no idea what I was going to walk into because everything in hospice, there, there either is a death or people are dying. What I say? And I pray, Lord, you got to speak. I'm in trouble if you don't, okay? Every time for 20, almost 25 years, okay? I knock on the door and I walk in and I whisper a little prayer every time. It's, Lord, I've shown up. Now, what are you going to do? I show up. Do you show up? Do you step out in faith and say, God can use me even though I don't know what to say? Somebody's hurting in your family or in the church or wherever it may be. God shows you and you feel like, hey, I, I, I feel like I should pray for him. What do I pray? And so forth. If you'll step out in faith and believe God for him to speak, he will every time. Every time God gave me something. Many times it was something that they needed to hear. Many times that they actually verbalized to me and said, that's exactly what we needed to hear, what you spoke of today. And I had no idea. But you step out in faith and believe God. He's always faithful. Amen. He's always faithful, you see. The last point here is we trust in God's power to change people and circumstances. We trust Him. We need to pray if you need a better job or you need your finances kind of tweaked, you need more or whatever, ask God for them. But you ultimately, it comes from the Lord. Amen. He directs our path. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding in all of our ways. Acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. We're acknowledging today, Lord, we need your help. We need your help in this church. We need our help in this culture we're living in and this place called the United States of America. We need your help, Lord, and we need your guidance. And we're asking today in Jesus' name. You see, in Ephesians 3, now to him who is do, able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. You see, it's not our power. It's not our power. It's God's. He gives us life and breath and everything else. If he didn't want you to be here today, you wouldn't be here. Be gone. And the reason why we're here is because there's still something he's got for us to do. Isn't that good news? Amen. I mean, not that I'm like, well, I'm ready anytime God's calling me, but, you know, I want to finish what God's called me to do. 
in Jeremiah 32. Ah, sovereign Lord, you who made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm, nothing is too difficult for you. Here, if you feel trapped, boxed in, unable to escape a bad situation, under somebody else's control, maybe life is just really barreling down on you and you feel like you're just being encumbered by all these things today. Let me assure you of something. God's in control and he loves you. He'd never stop loving you. And he said, I'll never leave you nor abandon you. And the word abandon means he'll never walk away from you. He is with us here. He's with us always. He will help us if we'll turn to him and ask him. And I believe when the church house begins to, to pray, and, and the Bible says in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people, my people, that's the church, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he says he'll hear from heaven and he'll forgive their sin, and he'll heal their land. If my people will humble themselves, what that means is, is that we are totally dependent upon the Lord to turn this thing around. We need God to come and to continue to maintain our freedom we have, not just in this country, but also in the church house, the freedom that we have to worship, the freedom that we have to praise our living God. Amen. We need his help today. And he's there, he said, because of my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. You see, God is in control here no matter what. No matter what is constraining you, no matter how powerful it is, no matter what you see happening today, God is more powerful no matter what is going on. God can give you strength. He's able, and he's more than able, and he's more than willing if you'll turn to him, you see. That scripture I read in First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. I believe God's going to give you strength this week. Because I believe every one of you are going to turn to the Lord. And you're going to ask, not because I said it, but because the word of God tells you to. Because God wants to give you strength, power, power to be able to continue on when life looks like we're not going to make it and it looks like we're getting ready to chuck it, right? And he said, don't chuck it. Don't chuck it. Ask me for strength. Ask for my help. So if you ask him today, I believe that he'll do it. But the question is, if you believe it, if you believe what the word is saying today, and I just declare it to be obviously over you today, that God will certainly impart that to your hearts that he would increase our faith, that we'll be able to believe what he said. Take him at his word. It's his word to you and to me here because faith is very, very important. Hebrews chapter 11. It says without faith, without faith, it's impossible to believe God because we have to believe that he is who he says he is, that he exists, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you believe that? I believe it because it's the word of God. I believe that God will give me strength this week and I believe he'll give you strength this week. And I intercede for you. I pray for you that he will give you strength today and give me strength. Give this country strength again. Come back to its purposes and that is to be a blessing to all nations. To be that today. Get our eyes off ourselves and get us our eyes upon the living God. Amen. But we got to believe it. We've got to walk. We've got to believe that today. And so obviously, I know that God can heal our land. Do you believe it? I believe. 
We're not too far gone. Jeremiah chapter 14, he tells Jeremiah, don't, don't pray anymore. Don't pray. I've had it. I basically did. And obviously you do what God, God hasn't told me not to, to stop praying yet. Has he told you? No. He tells me to keep praying because there's always hope today. And there's hope today that our light will shine in the darkness of people's lives and they'll get set free. Because people are wandering in their wilderness, right? Just like the Israelites did. But do you believe that God can stop this virus? You believe that? You believe God can do that? I believe we're to pray. I believe that he has called us to pray. Stop this virus, Lord. You believe that God can stop this violence that we see and the burning and the torching and all this um, tumult, chaos? You believe God can stop it? I believe it. I believe it today. And I declare, I, I right now, I speak it and, and say, Lord, you can stop it. And I know because your word says you're all powerful and you can do that. And so you can take and renew this church. You can revive us. You can send an awakening across this land like the world has never seen before. Maybe called the third great awakening to awaken the hearts of people to turn to you. But you see, it's up to the church house. It's up to you and me. Do we believe it? You got to keep on because everything tells you around, around you to tell you to chuck it, doesn't it? Let's chuck it. Let me just get my ticket and head to heaven when that time comes. But he's got more for you and me to do. It doesn't make any difference where you are in life, no matter what your chronological age is. You know? What it means is, God's got work for us to do. And God wants to use you and me to implement his plan that his kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word, your truth, and thank you for your presence. We love you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. We ask you, Father, to just stop this virus. Stop it, Lord. Just stop it, please. And ask you, Father, today that you would stop this violence in Jesus' name. And, Father, enter in and those hearts of people who are disturbed and, and are burning and, and torching and, and all the things that they're doing. We ask you, Father, today that you would break through and that they would see the God of all hope, the God of all encouragement, and their hearts and lives would be melted in the presence of the Lord. Father, we ask you to do that. Sweep across this nation called the United States of America, dear Lord, and send revival, send an awakening like we've never seen before, Lord, today. Waken the hearts of people to your presence and to your goodness and to your forgiveness. And Father, today, we know you and you alone can do this. But we, as your children, are asking this day, give us strength, give us power, to keep on keeping on, dear Lord. I pray that impartation here in people's lives in this church and those who are watching today. Impart to us strength. May we give you the glory and give you all the honor because you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. May Jesus be magnified. It's in his holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want to thank you all for watching today and thank you. I hope you'll come back and join us next week. I pray God's covering over you this coming week to protect you. Be careful out there. Seek the Lord with all your heart. And the Bible says that he shall be found by us. I pray a blessing upon this week that's coming up for each one of you. May God have his way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.